Hi, this is Lou Moultrie. Welcome to Freedom to Talk podcast, a women's chat room. In this series, we are talking about domestic abuse and the impact it has on women and their families. The women who are speaking in this series have all been impacted by violence and abuse. This is an opportunity for these women to get their voices heard, start the conversation and dispel those myths. These are all honest accounts being discussed and can be distressing. So please, please take care when listening. Let's celebrate these women for speaking out. This is Lou from Freedom to Talk, a podcast um, with a women's chat show. As you know, if you've been listening, that we have had um, Amy and we have had Amy's mum, Jo, talking um, about what it's been like for them going through difficulties um, and challenging times when Amy went through domestic abuse. So... um, Amy, you're on. Uh, you're on mute. So yeah, hello. That's okay. Um, <laughs> right. So um, we've got you both here, and I felt like it was quite an unusual scenario because we don't usually speak to um, get an opportunity to speak to parents or the family members of any of this, and uh, only when women die, you know. And I, I've, I really felt it was important that we heard from mum's point you know of, of what that was like being a mum and also being the being the victim of this sort of stuff of domestic abuse but um so hi both of you <laughs> you can say hello and hi you can, you can interrupt and say hello. what you want whenever you want <laughs> um, I was letting you speak <laughs> <laughs> oh I could go on forever Amy um <laughs> so what I wanted to ask you both really and you don't you know it's just um um, Mum, do you want to go first or shall I? You go first. You go first. Okay. Um, you can interrupt each other as well because I'm sure you do at home. I'm sure I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it, it was a bit. It's even now looking back, it's a bit of a surreal um, experience. Really thinking back to everything that happened. Yeah. Um, me having a mum really as supportive as I did uh, was very, very helpful actually. Um, There was times that I would call her and be hysterical. um, And she was very calming to me and would just tell me to calm down. Um, She never said leave, I knew I knew in my head that I had to at some point, mm. but I think she knew how how deep in it I was yeah. um, financially. You know, like what we said before, things yeah. were a lot of things were in my name, yeah. um, and possibly if I did hear that, it was probably the worst thing to have said because yeah. so I was she'd still. Have said, if she'd have said, "Amy, listen, you know, I can see this is going. It's this. This is bad news. You've got to get out. Leave him." 
yeah, I, I, I would have gone against her. And there was many mm. times that I turned up at hers saying, it's it, that's it, I've had enough. Mm. And then lo and behold, four or five days later, I'd be back there mm. um, saying that, you know, we've spoke, he's going to change, you know, he said that he won't do this again. And, yeah. and, and really, and to be honest, I, I, I did confront my mum quite a lot. Like it got to the point where she was probably the only person that I could call mm. because I ditched all of my friends. Mm. Um, I do. used to ring her. Yeah. yeah. I used to ring her in, in secret. Like there was times where I would ring her, tell mm. her, and then I'd say he's coming back. Like, don't call me because then he'd know that, yeah. that I've that I've rang that I've rang you and told you what's happened. Mm. Um, and she obviously had to hold quite a lot of patience from that. And I can't mm. imagine how much fear she must have mm. felt at that time. Um, you know after that I'd say not cool and I dread to think what was going through her mind yeah. at that time but me being me I thought I was fine like do you know what I mean I, yeah. I just needed that well I just needed to speak to her at that time to calm yeah. me down and and that's that that was that was it really and luckily she did do that yeah I mean I I, I imagine it's a, a time where um you for you I mean I don't want to speak on your behalf Amy at all mm. because I think you put that really well what your experience but I imagine that I mean now you're talking but you're able to reflect and you're safe um at that time I I don't suppose you had any brain space um to actually reflect on any conversations you were having what was happening how it was going and um, I remember talking to you the last time and I mentioned fear and I thought, oh, God, I feel like I've mentioned fear far too much because you were saying, no, actually, it's, it wasn't fear. It was, you know, like I felt to blame or, or, or this other stuff. But what you just said to me when you had to get off the phone and, and um, you know, be quick and, and hide those calls, that that does sound like fear that that's there, like a real, a real fear. Yeah. And I. I didn't even realise at the time that that's what it was. It was yeah. just you was in in um autopilot. It literally you you done things because that's how yeah you learn to have to deal with things that he he would um have a, a problem with. Yeah. Um and, and, you know, why are you telling your mum? Why are you telling why are you telling people things that we're like, why are you getting them involved? Yeah. So you just, you learn to then not tell people, keep it to yourself. Um, and, you know, my mum had, you know, she, she was basically my idfa without <laughs> realising even what an idfa was yeah. um, back you then. what it is? <laughs> uh, it's an individual domestic violence advisor, uh, which I didn't even know <laughs> there was. <laughs> Um, but now when I think back that's exactly what she was yeah um yeah there was there was uh, yeah mum <laughs> kind of, you talking like that it kind of brings it back yeah yeah and I just I, there were so many occasions where you left and went back and each time probably I thought this is it this is it and then it wasn't but I think that last time you came back before you came back for good 
and I'd been off work for a week, so I kept an eye on things. Mm. I think he'd, he'd smashed your phone up, so you didn't, you couldn't contact him easily. And I felt like things were sort of going the right way. And then I remember I had to go back to work and I got this call from you and you said, um, I'm up at Nan's. I think I'm going to stay up here tonight. And I just knew, mm. I just knew that he'd got to you. Mm. And I was so upset. And then, and then that was it. I didn't hear from you and I couldn't get hold of you. I was worried. And then do you remember, I, I found out that you were up at Nan's. And I had a lot of your stuff here because she'd been here so much that I'd kept lots of things. Yeah. And you were up there and I was so angry, I nearly lost my mind. I, mm. I had all your stuff in the car, do you remember? I trapped it mm. all in the car. I drove up there, I threw it all over the front lawn. Mm. And honestly- And that, I, and that like, for me was, I pushed you to the limit because yeah. I think, you know you had done this possibly from when I had a baby it, it, that's when it turned up a gear really and that was nearly coming on to two years mm. so for two years do you know what I mean I think that this after you had seen and, and I admitted that he'd hit me mm. I hadn't really admitted it till probably the last the last bit of it Mm -hmm. So for me to then go back, I probably, when I come to you that time, I'd opened up quite a bit, and not I, thinking I, that I was going to go back, but. I, I remember that day vividly and I, and I remember, I remember you looked at me and said, please don't do this. I don't want all my stuff here. I want it at yours. Mm. I was saying that. Yeah. I was so angry I couldn't and yeah, but in I, my... I could hear him I could hear him mm. and I went to go in the house because I swear I don't know what I would have done if I'm honest mm. and it was only because her father said to me don't go in there mm. the little boy was in there he said don't do it yeah and that stopped me mm -hmm. I picked it all up chucked it all back in the car and drove home again like a demon Mm. and that that did really upset me because in my head without explaining it to you and without you probably really understanding that there was a reason why I went back I know um, I and then. no of course not but I went back for two weeks yeah and then I didn't really speak to you no can I um, ask you what the reason was are you able to say it's, it's okay if you don't want to is it there really is it's about taking care of yourself I don't know how this would sound but he 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 got a bit of money mm. and if I'm honest with you I didn't want it all going on stuff that yeah I just didn't want him to blow it on drug sex and rock and roll <laughs> yeah. if I'm honest with you yeah. I wanted it to be spent on my child and mm. yeah maybe on me as well yeah. because I thought I deserved that I, I you know I wanted to be it's okay to be treated real, Amy it's absolutely okay to be real yeah. because there'll be other people listening that judge themselves on reasons why they go back and think oh god you know um 
and and actually this is real life these are real life people real life relationships and you had a child and had gone through an awful lot and women often go back just as you were saying that because um perpetrators are having affairs so they'll go back because of that um where you think that actually you you your response would be to to flee to go to get out of it to leave them with the money leave them with the women leave them with that but yeah. actually we go back because it's like hold on a minute i've put on with, with all of this stuff you think i'm leaving now no chance so it is you know yeah. and, but this is this mm. is real life and we are real people and we have we have feelings and and you know and, and we go through an awful lot so thank you for sharing that because it's important and it's just to get everyone to to remind people that we're listening we're, we're not talking about normal respectful relationships no. we are talking about domestic abuse and we are talking about serious perpetrators and offenders that use every ounce of your energy to survive this and um we respond how we and he respond. had said he had said you know for example he had said come on I've got this like we can go and stay here stay in this really like luxurious hotel and we mm. we done that for like a week or two yeah well maybe um, a week a week and uh, maybe eight eight nine days yeah and then we went back to our flat after that which was an absolute I can't even explain to you the state that the flat was in. But this is classic and... of a domestic abuse relationship, um, Amy, is that mm. I'll get something and that, and and uh, it's not the first time and it won't be the last time that I hear, you know, I was on the brink of leaving and then it mm. was wonderful. We went mm. to this place and it, it was, was like beautiful. paradise. Mm. And we had, yeah, it was. And I just thought, oh, this is going to change everything. And, and then they went back to this, this light and thought, mm. oh, my God, you know. And it was when I was staying in them places. I'm not saying that it was almost like everything that had happened was forgotten mm. for, for, for maybe that week, them mm. seven days, you know, it, it, in the back of my memory, it was there, of course. But if I'm honest with you, I, I just for that moment, I actually just mm. wanted to feel like a normal family. Yeah. And I did. But as soon as we went back into that flat, that's when it all yeah. started unraveling again you know it definitely and... sounds like the, the cycle of abuse that often happens mm. you get the you get the abusive tactics and behavior um you say no or you don't even have to say no but you think that this is this is it I'm not doing this anymore then they pull it in or they rein it in with either love bombing or all these different things it's, yeah it's more tactics they put the pressure mm. up or it's threats to kill you or they're going to kill themselves and and all of that stuff goes on so we stay um it there's that, that honeymoon period which may only be a day yeah. or hours mm. and then it goes mm. back back into that cycle <laughs> of abuse again so yeah mm -hmm. what are you thinking um mum when you hear all of this i just i just remember that after that happened i didn't really hear from her and i just kept thinking how can she do this to me mm. She, I, I just couldn't I thought how how can she do it I can't I couldn't believe and when she did come back mm. even then I doubted it every day every day I you know he'll get hold of her and this will happen or that'll happen can I ask you, know, you something as as a mum mm. 
as a mum, what does that that feel like to think that she may die at the hands of this person? Because it sounds like that's what you're what you're what was going through your head. And please correct me if I'm wrong. No, it was going through my head. And I know that sounds dramatic. And I'm it really not. It I'm really, really not really not like that. You know, some people it's the, in their comfort zone to behave like that. I'm not like that. I'm very laid back. I'm quite a bit cold, if you like. Don't show my. Feelings. But I think you'd given him a lot of chances, like even yeah. from the get go. When we really think about it, yeah. maybe times that we both was very naive to the things that he yeah. had done. Yeah. Right. So, so I think after every single thing, I'm God, we'd be here for a very long time if we went into everything that he had he done. Yeah. Um, I think it got to that point, and when he was doing things that when I'd come to yours and he'd come and break the car, do stuff to the car and the window. And, you know, like I, I think, and when you had seen the threats that he'd said and text messages, I think that's when you, you thought that it could turn like that, you know? Mm. And I just think anybody that's listening to this, please don't think that we're sitting here calmly talking about it because this was this was a living nightmare day in day out mm. there was always something to worry about or you know nothing was ever you know you'd go out for the night and and I'd think oh you know they've had a nice time and then I'd discover the next day that it was it was it was it had been terrible and you'd been locked in the car and mm. it you know it, it just honest to god it it was it was horrendous and I would I, I, it makes me cry to think of anybody that's going through that. Yeah. Mostly if they've got not any support, but also for anyone that has got a mother that's trying to deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm. it's on a whole nother level, this is. Absolutely. Mm. And I think that um, at the time, because so much is going on when you're, even for you, mum, so yeah. much is going on that it's only now that years later that you actually sit back and think of everything that had happened mm. and think fucking hell <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just think Absolutely. I was so shocked I remember telling one of the girls that I work with that doesn't work for us anymore and she'd come in and and one of the other girls said oh you've not heard have you and I remember sitting there calmly almost telling her what the final bit was and she went oh like this and, and I, I know. was like normalizing it yeah it, it's, it's mad mm. I think when we spoke before I think both of you that what we've done you know we did the podcast and we did your your episode and then we got off and it was like you went oh my god you know it was like mm. that and um it it most probably didn't show in the podcast because you both sounded very calm and collective but the reality is is that's how you survive because the otherwise yeah. your nervous system would be in tatters all of the mm. time if you stepped mm. into that zone which you know um you have been willing to step into that zone and I'm thankful for that for, for you both from the bottom of my heart to be able to come here and go back into that zone and talk about this stuff for the benefit of anyone any woman or or girl um or man 
that happens to listen mm. to this because abuse against anyone is is absolutely wrong um mm. but for you to do that but yeah we do have to survive and um if you were in your trauma zone which i have no doubt that you've both been severely traumatized by this you wouldn't be able to function so we often put it in boxes and have a have our mental breakdowns um in our mm. safe places or around our safe people and i was never expecting you to have one on here um, <laughs> but but you know everything is welcome um but the, this is the truth of the matter it's not because these weren't horrendous events like no uh, you know no it wasn't and i and i think as well at the time there was so much going on yeah you didn't have time for a breakdown yeah no, no you don't. Mm. And, and then after it was done it was it was another another because you were absolutely like a stranger and, well that's and, when I think it hit me really <laughs> and that's probably the way I was dealing with it that was my breakdown like mm. for a good year mm. you know and it, even now the trauma I do still I do think I do speak about it quite calmly and and and, mm. and still probably quite normalized because I was living yeah. it and and the trauma that I have is now the lot that the, the after bit of moving on mm. of yeah of living with a man no I physically can't do that mm-hmm. um yeah I'm not I'm not saying that I think that everyone's a perpetrator because I don't but mm. I physically don't like the presence of anyone in my house mm. like them that you is know, the that's, trauma isn't it that's yeah the, your body exactly. responding your your yeah. all, all of those years of going through that and your nervous system is in I know people can't see me but you're I'm actually clenching all my body and, and, and tensing my muscles. Your body will be in um, hypervigilant zone all the time. Yeah. And it will be very, very stressful to have, you know, um, from what you're describing, that is, Amy. Yeah. You know, it's not like that for everyone, but you know, we all have our different ways of what will be happening. But of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Trauma. Mum, what does yeah. it, what's it like? You you just said something and I missed it and it flew in and out of my brain. Something you just said. I, I think it was, I didn't recognise you or I didn't, you're like a stranger. No. What did, what did you mean? I thought, I thought, I, because I thought when, once he was out of the way properly, mm. that everything would just go back to normal. Yeah. And the reality is that it was just the beginning. Yeah. Of her, she... She was still had him in her head. She used to come out with these ridiculous things. Mm. And like it used to, I used to stop in my tracks and look at her and think, what? And then I would realize they get in it was her talking. Yeah, they get but in your head. It was him. Mm. Frankie thinks she'd come out with ridiculous, honestly. I, I, it's the yeah, gaslighting and the brainwashing. Yeah, brain, brainwashing. Yeah. It's the psychological. Um, impact that comes yeah. out then and takes and we were living together so it was explosive yeah not gonna lie um did you come to uh, clashes then when all of this was over like is that when yeah. everything the outpouring of yeah. all of the stress yeah. because you as mum <coughs> um joe was went through that holding as as Amy said, you were holding her as a baby, like you do, and and but holding that stress and frustration as well, and and most probably anger. Um, and mm. then there was there was you, Amy, that was holding all your fear and anxieties together in your body, which couldn't speak because in case it went 
you know, you, you were just on survival mode. So I'm wondering how explosive that was in the house. I'm not meaning, I don't want you to start fighting now. But <laughs> what was it like? No, it was really explosive. And and her and I are not, are not slow in coming forward. If I've got something on my mind, then I say it and so does she. So we did nearly come to blows on a yeah. couple of occasions. Um, I wanted somebody to blame for all of this. I still, I was still getting my head around it. Mm. And I, the way she, my, where she'd been so understanding throughout the two years. And then all of a sudden she literally was like, Switch. it was like cut off from mm. from it she won't be an understanding with him like mm. trying to you know because for anyone that's de- that has never dealt with domestic violence you are you are understanding it you are thinking is it normal for somebody to be jealous is it normal mm. for somebody to be controlling you know mm. he loves her so much all of these things but it got to a point for her where she didn't have the love that I had for him mm. that she was like no like and anything that I was saying she wasn't understanding put put clear boundaries in yeah and you know right what you're saying I am I I did because that was me done Mm. all Mm. that he had and for that he'd had enough chances I said yeah of course he's not to come to the house I don't even want him in the road Mm. that's that's done and everybody said to me that's wrong you shouldn't do that but for me I thought you you, you can only do so much and yeah. I am not standing for behavior anymore yeah. I just want to say no. for any, anyone that's listening that is is thinking oh but if you didn't maybe he would have you know if you didn't put those boundaries in no. maybe he would have changed maybe he would have maybe he wouldn't have gone no. to prison maybe he wouldn't have attacked anyone but actually um in my experience of working with most probably um a lot put it that way of of women that have gone through this sort of stuff no because it would still escalate it doesn't matter because it's not about what any of you did or any of you didn't do he was on a mission he was a perpetrator is a perpetrator and would continue whether you you kept him whether you turned against amy he would have continued his abuse and upped it all the way to where he was yeah. now, maybe, maybe worse. Yeah. And her as a victim, mm. she was still trying to understand. She was still blaming herself. And if I'd done this and he was actively, you know, it's all your fault. It was my fault. Cause I'd made the statement that I made, etc. I did this. It was all up to what I said. And, mm. you know, it was just, and, and I knew that was it. And actually I told her, before that happened, I said, when this is done, and it will be, whether it's in two weeks, six months, two years, it will be done. Mm. He will, I predicted what he'd do. He'd go back to the ex, et cetera, mm. et cetera. And, and, and everything I said was correct. Mm. And that, that's a tactic as well in itself is to go back to yeah, the ex and then you say, hold on a minute. It's a bit like the holiday or the money coming in. It's a bit like, hold on a minute, I've, I've gone through all of that and he's gone back to his ex, you know, actually. And there, I think... was, and there wasn't any, that was it, that was it. In my head, that was it. He was never, it was never going to get better. He was never going to behave properly. Mm. He didn't love her. He, he, he looked at her as a possession. 
he he didn't love the child because that was a possession, a thing that he could parade it's around. Usually a, we a weapon. I mean, children are usually used in this to control the women um, as a weapon yeah. and continue, you know, continue to yeah. be used as weapons. And unfortunately, then their mm. emotions and then the tactics and the game starts with the children as well. So, yeah, you was going to say yeah. something, and Amy. Yeah, I, I just want to say that was probably the hardest thing for me, and it still is now, um, all these years on. Uh, the the um, the change, like the, the the thinking I could change him, like yeah. it, it, it still mm. it still is hard for me to understand that side of mm. it. And when I actually went to um, a, a support person that I thought was a counsellor at one point yeah. um, I sort of I'd had an argument with him and I'd voiced a load of problems yeah. but maybe where I'd had the argument with him I then exploded with things yeah. and at the end of it they turned around and said to me you can't change him and mm -hmm. you are high risk and mm -hmm. you need to leave and I literally I was like <gasps> what what the fuck have I said what like honestly I felt I was hysterically crying to this woman like I just thought what on earth has happened like why have I opened my big mouth but so again put taking the blame and thinking oh my god I've put this all at risk it's I've done this fault. now and perpetrator yeah. would have definitely put that straight on you and said what have you done you know and and, and the rest of it you know yeah and um you know but for me that was it was something clicked in my head so even though I then went on to lying because mm. I thought I need to start I can't just I can't just get up and leave like mm. and this was going on a lot a lot of a long a lot of years before yeah. it, it, uh, domestic violence has come on a long way mm. like people um you know people like yourself and uh, advisors have yeah. learned a lot from the last couple of years, I would say. Mm. Um, maybe they should have known that I shouldn't have left straight away. I couldn't mm. have left straight away. Absolutely, but yeah. something clicked in my head. When I went back, then things that she was saying to me, I then started looking at things differently. Yeah. So it definitely done, done the job. No, and another thing was the child thing. I, I still struggle with that. I still I still now to this day so you know this isn't a walk in the park it's not easy but you have just got to keep picking away at it and yeah. I found it hard that he didn't care about you know I, I just I find it hard I think maybe because I care so much about my child mm. I find it hard thinking that he could mm. feel like that or think like that about about his child and I think it you know um everything you've you've just said makes perfect sense and um mm. it's because you are a normal human being yeah and a loving caring kind person amy that you mm. have those thoughts you are not a psychopath and a narcissist and all the many no. <laughs> you haven't got a personality disorder and you may have had mental health or have mental health due to being exposed to domestic abuse but you haven't come in with this you know you're not on the same level I remember someone said to me once so oh, because I always wanted to know why um people offended and I thought oh I'm going to work in prison yeah same 
you know, yeah, I thought, oh, I'm going to work in prisons. I always wanted to know why sex offenders offended. Why do they do it? Is there a reason mm. behind mm. it? Is there a really deep rooted reason that I could sometimes somehow get some answers because I, I'm a victim of abuse as well. And someone yeah. said to me, someone said to me and a woman that worked with offenders in high risk offenders in a prison. And she said to me, Lou, the day that you find your answers that are good enough for what they did is the day that you are a perpetrator. And it changed the way I thought mm. this was 20 years ago. Mm. Someone said this to me and she worked in high mm. down. I think it was high view, high down, yeah. down view, um, South London prisons. And, and she said that to me and, and she said that th that is the day you actually understand and go, oh yeah, I get it now. Get why they did it. I get why they don't, you know, I get why they don't love their kids or they don't do this or, or they abuse people is the day I have the same mindset as them. So I'm bloody glad that I never understand now why understand they do it. it. Yeah. And, it and it sort of released yeah. me of always trying to find out why, why, why would they do it? I don't, can I change them? Can I, is this, is there a way? Is there, is there something wrong? Is something they're not getting? <laughs> I, I just I ditched that straight away. I never, never attempted to work in prisons after that. Yeah. That what you just said is the biggest, is the biggest thing. I think all victims of mm. domestic violence try to understand is yeah. why they do it. Why, yeah. what can we do to stop them doing it? Yeah. Because you love them so much. Yeah. But, you know, that's if what's my doing that's causing them to behave like yeah. that. That's Absolutely. what you think. Absolutely. Because mm. as we know, domestic abuse is not just um, partners, exes, husbands, wives these are our mothers these are our fathers as well these are our uncles oh. and when it's your mother that's been abusing you when it's your father I mean the the yearning to understand the yearning to think oh it's me I'm not good enough maybe it's something I've done I'm not lovable that still stands with this side of domestic abuse as well it's really yeah. deeply deeply entrenched Right, ladies. Well, I, I really, I want to just, before we go, I really want to ask you something. Um, and, and is there a message you want to give to each other as um, Amy to your mum and um, Joe to your daughter, Amy? Is there something that you want to say that maybe you haven't said or that, that you can think of really clearly now that it is, it is over to this point? and something maybe that you you didn't you weren't able to process at the time that you wanted some words of kindness to each other who's going first uh, i'll go first um thank you i uh, know i've probably said it I've, everything i've said i'll say now is probably what i've said to you already but just thank you so much for sticking by me and and listening really and everyone who is going through this I hope that you have that person that you know even if it is hard for them to stay in contact with you still do you know just just stick with them as hard as it is mm. um yeah thank you for your continuous support as always that's a wonderful message out there for people to listen to that are friends of family 
that are workers, support workers, community workers that are in your churches, wherever you are in the community, if you are that one person that is connected and you will know if you are, you absolutely know 100% that you are that one person, please, please do not give up because this could have been um, a podcast that was just speaking to um, Amy's mum now and when and Amy not here and thank God you know I'm not a religious person mm. but absolutely thank God she is here and we're able to talk to you but please <laughs> don't don't give up and um yeah Amy's no. mum Joe, what's your message to your daughter and anyone that's listening my message my message is that I'm so proud of her this what we had what she has been through Mm. and I'll never understand properly because I haven't through it myself Mm. but everything that she's told me I I am so proud she survived it yeah and she's doing so well it's taken a little while but she is all now becoming the woman that I always hoped she would become Mm. she's tough she works hard. She doesn't stand for any nonsense. Mm. And yeah, I just love her. How lovely. Yeah, oh, lovely that too. Is, <laughs> that, that is beautiful. Well, I love you all out there as well. We love you all. And, um, <laughs> and we're sending the love to you. And if you are listening to this and you are in any form of danger, please um, have a look. Uh, the website or there's a Hestia Bright Skies app that if you download it onto your phone um, I mean most of us have got the access to Google or or the internet or if you go somewhere you can actually um, go on there and link straight to every service if you put the postcode you're in so even if you're away from home the postcode nearest to you and it will show up every specialist service from counselling to crisis intervention straight away um uh, you know very few people mention police now but i am saying to you also if you can it's not a given as we as we know from the women that we've spoken to it's not always for a first port of call if anything it's sometimes it's last but if you know in your gut and in your heart that you're in danger ring the police or a specialist um support service or um, for an IDVA. So most of, you know, look it up on Google. It's an independent domestic violence advocate. Um, please look it up in your area. Think, ring your local council, contact your GP, and, you know, use the words domestic abuse. When they start coming out, we know it's a hard one, but sometimes to get the help, we need to say it to get the specialist support, okay? take care be safe everyone and thank you so much ladies and speak to you all soon thank you thank you thank you so much for listening and hearing women's true life experiences don't let the conversation stop here if you want to be part of freedom to talk podcast contact me you can link yourself in through the website at www.freedomtogethercic.co.uk
go to the contact me page and get in touch. If you have suffered any form of trauma and would like to know more about receiving neuro-experiential online therapy from myself, please check out the website for more information. Take care and be safe.